0: Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. And if you find this podcast helpful in your theological rehabilitation, consider partnering with us in its production. Become a financial sponsor of That's What She Said on Patreon, a platform for supporting content you love. Thanks! Hi, church. My name is Deanne, and my pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm the interim inside-out pastor for Galileo right now, as well as an ordination candidate. Um, During the month of December, we've been moving through our worship series, Home for the Holy Days. Uh, We've seen Jesus displaced. During his birth, we've seen him fleeing as a refugee. We've seen him baptized in the Jordan River and during his ministry, preaching and performing miracles. Tonight on Epiphany Sunday, we'll conclude our series with Jesus making his way with his disciples to Jerusalem. Um, The text for tonight is Mark 10, 32 to 45. Um, So y'all can just follow along as I read. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem, And Jesus was walking ahead of them. They were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. He took the twelve aside again and began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, Look, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit upon him and flog him and kill him, and after three days he will rise again. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Appoint us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to a point, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. Instead, whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It was 10 years ago on Christmas that I came out to my parents. Coming out to your family at Christmas makes it really easy to remember and mark the occasion every year, which I do out loud to my spouse at least once each holiday season. I'm a processor and I will probably be processing that moment for the rest of my life. At the time I came out, I was living about 20 minutes north of San Francisco. I had flown to Jacksonville, Florida, which is my hometown, to spend Christmas with my parents. That year, going home felt particularly stressful. I had spent the last few years quietly and very secretly pulling apart the framework of a conservative Christian faith that had almost killed me. Christmas of 2013 also marked nearly six months of dating Deidre, the person I am now very grateful to be married to. Out of self-preservation and necessity at the time, we had only shared our relationship with a few people, for the most part, keeping it a secret. I don't remember everything that was being said or what was happening in the few seconds one day during that holiday It took to follow my mom from the back porch where we had been sitting and talking and visiting to the kitchen when I blurted out, Mom, I have something to tell you. All I remember is in that moment that suddenly my body and my spirit could not take keeping a secret or hiding anymore. My mom turned around and said, what, you're gay? To which, with tears streaming down my face, I mumbled something that sounded like yes. There's a lot more to the story. I wish I could say that it didn't get messy, that harmful words weren't spoken, or that the hurt went away immediately, or that going home became easier, that it became less vulnerable, or that I always knew what I was walking into. But that wasn't always the case. Jesus knew exactly what he was walking into as he was leading his disciples toward Jerusalem. Predicting his death for the third time Jesus lays it all out for them He was going to be mocked. He was going to be humiliated. He was going to be tortured All by the same people he had confronted he had called out he had embarrassed The religious authorities the educated the political elite the oppressors the ones wielding the power and the authority The disciples are either not listening, or maybe they were not able to see the bigger picture of what Jesus was trying to prepare them for. Maybe they weren't ready or able, at least yet, to recognize their own role in what was about to happen down the road. They weren't able to recognize their own vulnerability in Jesus's prediction. Or maybe, like James and John, they were all focused on their own posturing and positioning asking to sit on Jesus' left or his right, hoping to bask in what they could have assumed would be a glory filled with greatness and existence with Jesus. They had experienced his defiance with the authorities. They had watched him perform miracle after miracle. They had also, as they reminded Jesus a few verses before the ones we just read, given up everything to follow him. But had they really Because what they didn't seem to be getting is that Jesus was about to flip the script. By traveling to Jerusalem, the place where he knew he would meet his fate, willingly, we're told, he was about to turn their idea of what it meant and means to follow him. Upside down. When Jesus asked them, So, you think you're ready to drink from the same cup and experience the same baptism as me? Without skipping a beat, they answered, Yep. We sure are. But did they really understand what they were answering yes to? Jesus tried to explain it to them. Yes to suffering, to agony, to vulnerability, to maybe even death, to making themselves smaller and not greater, making themselves less for the sake of someone else's freedom and liberation saying yes to essentially living a life similar to the life Jesus was leading. Jesus brought healing and restoration to the marginalized and the oppressed, and he opposed the political and religious powers, putting his own life at risk to do the work of building God's kingdom here on earth. They were saying yes to not resting on the laurels of Jesus and the work he had already done, but instead to following his example. Each week we gather at the table of our Lord, together, where everyone is welcome, and we take the bread and we dip it in the cup. Do we know what we are saying yes to when we take the cup every Sunday? Or what we agreed to at our baptism? As we drink from the cup and are symbolically baptized into new life, we are also following Jesus into the same work of building God's kingdom here and now a kingdom that includes everyone in our LGBTQ plus community, all those who are neurodiverse, a kingdom of all peoples, of all cultures and all languages, a kingdom that does the hard work of inviting those in regardless of their religious background or spiritual beliefs. We are also leaning into the adversity that often comes with this work, with advocating for each other and for others outside our community. We are leaning into the pain and the vulnerability that everyone here at Galileo I'm sure is familiar with, and that can come with disrupting the status quo and making people who hold too much authority and too much power nervous and afraid. Jesus knew where he was going. He knew his destiny, the place he would land, his home, in the cup and in his baptism, in his suffering and on the cross, but also in the resurrection, in new life, in the hope that we talk about at Galileo every week, that God will get everything God wants. He also knew it would not come without a price, and more than likely would not come with a rounding sound of applause or a standing ovation for a job well done, or come with status and prestige. As someone who grew up in a Pentecostal faith tradition, which, if you know me at all, did not match my God-given personality. (laughs) But where everything was yes and amen, name it and claim it, and everything's going to be all right, I don't take lightly the idea of finding my place or home with the Jesus I know now. This world we live in, this place we call our home, it's scary and it's very uncertain right now. It's uncomfortable and has a lot of us feeling vulnerable more often than we would like. Just like the disciples who were both amazed and afraid when they followed Jesus, the work that you do, the work that Galileo does can be both scary and it can also be amazing all at the same time. The work can be as big and bold as the mission of the North Texas Transportation Network, or it can be quiet and almost as unseen as coming out to your family. When we allow ourselves to be vulnerable in the face of the unknown, we open ourselves up to the possibility of hope and new life. Since coming out, going home is taking on a new meaning for me. While there are still unknowns, I never would have imagined I would be taking my wife home for the holidays or on track for ordination or so many other things I never thought possible or I had been told were impossible. The pain has been real, the struggle has been long, and I also recognize that everybody's story is very different. We don't always know what we're moving towards, but by our decisions and our actions, we maybe can be encouraged that while there may be a season of suck and people will oppose and protest you, confusing their agenda for God's, and the pain of living into who God created you to be is very real, and not to be minimized, and it can hang on for a really, really, really long time, there is still real hope and freedom and liberation on the other side. We can't always see down the road like Jesus did, but maybe sometimes, like Jesus saw it for us, we can see it for each other and for the world around us.
1: Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. If what you've heard is helpful, consider becoming a patron of its production by joining our subscribers on Patreon. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and support the people who love them. We do kindness around mental health and mental illness and we celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support our missional priorities, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Share With Us. You'll have options to contribute through Venmo, PayPal, or your bank account. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.